As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered about people who are successful despite great odds? Tell me, do you know why some people are winners and other people are whiners? (laughs) Have you ever wanted to know more about how to win with honor? Would you like to learn how historical figures can teach us to be successful? These are historical figures that you probably have never heard about. Can you imagine hearing about real-life lessons that can help you to become a winner too? Now, have you ever heard about a book called Extraordinary People, Real Life Lessons on What It Takes to Achieve Success? 
or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now are you ready to learn how to be successful and at the same time meet some amazing women who are great role models for all of us? Today I'll be introducing you to my guest. He is a success coach extraordinaire. He has been on the show before and he will be back with us in the future. He provides us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice and some really great stories. I'm pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk for media and syndicated on iHeartRadio Talk with over 55 million subscribers. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure at iHeartRadio. So now it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no-wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show. Now let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. I'm very pleased to have him back on the show. He is a freelance journalist whose 1,200 articles have appeared in 175 publications, including Success Entrepreneur, Los Angeles Times, and Chief Executive. He currently contributes eight times a month to the Leaders and Success column of Investors Business Daily. He is the author of an amazing book that I just received today in the mail, Extraordinary People, Real Life Lessons on What It Takes to Achieve Success. Welcome to the show, Scott S. Smith. Hi, Scott. How are you doing today? I really enjoy being back to talk with you on the show, January. Oh, I'm so happy to have you back. And as I shared with my listeners, I had ordered your book from Amazon, and as it would happen, it arrived about 30 minutes ago. And... And I have it right in front of me, and I can't wait to share it with our listeners. But before we go to your wonderful book, Scott, could you share a little bit about how your success story began and what led you to writing this amazing book? Well, I was a kid who grew up with uh, in very fortunate circumstances with parents who told me I could be anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a big imagination and uh, I just assumed I would be successful and I was one of these overachieving Boy Scouts and uh, <laughs> I got interested in so many different things that I couldn't pick a major when I went to college. But that didn't really matter because I dropped out of college after a year and a half because okay. I wanted to jump into the business world. And by a series of strange coincidences, I was offered a kind of a co-publisher position uh, in 1973 mm-hmm. uh, at the very same time that I was asked to manage two natural food stores, which back in the 70s, that was really outre. You know, that was not the (laughs) end thing. And uh, the funny thing is, I'd never opened a cash register before, let alone manage a store. So I kind of started at the top uh, in both publishing and in uh, retail management and learned a lot about what it takes to be successful in the business world. And because I was also writing and really, frankly, learning how to write at the same <laughs> time, 
over time, I developed an ability to understand what a lot of journalists who just go to journalism school and, and never have a real job never mm-hmm. fully learn, which is kind of a hands-on, uh, you know, get-your-hands-dirty type of management issues. And um, eventually, I got into business PR, and uh, my job was to represent a bunch of public companies to Wall Street and I began to see these Dow Jones journalists rewriting our press releases and goofing things mm-hmm. up. Anyway, the bottom line is <laughs> I learned a lot about the nuts and bolts of being successful, and so I started writing about that as my primary focus. My first big CEO interview was with Howard Schultz in, oh. uh, of Starbucks in uh, Entrepreneur <laughs> Magazine, Um, And uh, I think that was around, oh, probably 1998, I think. And that's been my specialty ever since. So in these um, eight or so stories, I do of famous people every month, some of them living, some of them Mm -hmm. from the past, like Martha Harper. You read her story today. We talked about that. Um, Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to do is kind of say, hey, here are some people that will inspire you to be a great achiever, and it's worth knowing about them. They're interesting people. They're the kind of people you'd want to talk to your friends about, and there are actually embedded in their story some very practical lessons. And sometimes when you see how somebody else succeeds in you know an entirely different mm-hmm. field, it illuminates your own because you're getting outside your kind of familiar little cocoon. So that is kind of the idea behind the book. Well, you know, this book is just something I adore. Um, I was a history major, and all my life I've been, I've preferred nonfiction because I've always felt that the real life stories are far more fascinating, far more amazing than most of the things you read in fiction. Don't you agree? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Every time I get an assignment from Investors Business Daily, I think mm-hmm. I know what the person is going in. Like I'm about mm-hmm. to write something on Elizabeth Cady Stanton, the feminist uh-huh. who is right. kind of uh, not quite as well known as Susan B. Anthony, but they were partners in the early women's movement. And I thought, I, you know, I read the Wikipedia entry and stuff. Well, anytime mm-hmm. you get into a real biography, you know, 300 <laughs> yeah. pages, suddenly, I mean, oh. my draw jaw always drops open. They're all giants. They put us to shame. Yeah. These are mm-hmm. such overachievers who overcame such adversity. I mean, we were just joking about the foibles of technology that we got to put mm-hmm. up with. You know, these days, I mean, you know, that these people survived, let alone became legends in their own time. It keeps us humble. There's always fascinating things to learn about any of them. And, boy, I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. I heartily recommend that anybody who has not developed the habit of reading biography, they ought to do it because it's a lot of fun. You learn a lot of great things, and it's inspirational role models for your own career. Absolutely. And, you know, the theme of our show is success stories. And we have found that all the people who have come on the show – they are so willing, once they've become successful, they are so willing to share their secrets. And more importantly, they share their struggles because it's not the kind of thing where you just wake up one morning and you're successful. Uh, that doesn't happen for anyone, does it? 
listen, sister, I could do uh, about <laughs> 10 shows and an entire book on <laughs> why books don't sell. You know, I mean, I could, I have such crazy stories about famous people who wanted me to go write their book and it looked like I was on the road to riches and stuff. You know, the reality <laughs> is that th- this is the fascinating thing about every famous person there is. It doesn't matter if it's Bill Gates who mm-hmm. I interviewed or, uh, you know, uh, let's say um, a Civil War general or anything else. Human nature hasn't really changed in probably ten or fifty thousand years. We <laughs> yeah. all, you know, the people who become the winners, they have to toughen up because everybody yeah. else yeah. gives up right away. They they get to uh-huh. a hill and they can't get it. What do you mean I'm not going to get my paycheck on Friday? You know, and they give up. the The winners are the ones that learn from adversity and they figure out creative ways to get around it they rethink their mm-hmm. original assumptions and so you know i've probably on this little subject i've done about these little 1300 word uh, stories about 400 of them for investors business daily and i uh-huh. am never bored never <laughs> ever they're so astounding. The guy who ran today, Walter Camp, was the guy who invented football. Nobody ever heard of him. But what oh, yeah. he did, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you would think, wouldn't everybody know the guy who invented football? But he took it from this rugby-like sport that had been imported, and it was so brutal that yeah. it got banned in, on colleges and stuff. So he made it mainstream by, to the extent he could, you know, putting some rules around it and, and making uh-huh. it less fatal and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was like a 30-year struggle to kind of adapt it from what it was originally to what the sport we know today, which is still a very tough sport. But it's sure. the same with everybody in every single field, and that is you have to learn from others' experiences and rethink all your assumptions that you started out with. I mean, what entrepreneur has ever gotten started in a business and didn't have all kinds of shocks one after another <laughs> that they weren't prepared for, right? <laughs> That's so true, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share you and to share all of the extraordinary people that you have written about and all of their success stories. And uh, important to my success is a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an amazing woman. I just finished reading this chapter, Martha Matilda Harper. And she was the inventor of the beauty of franchising. We'll be right back with Scott Smith. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. 
you can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Extraordinary People, Real Life Lessons on What It Takes to Achieve Success is a brand new book by business columnist Scott Smith with 21 profiles of famous people who achieved mega success and how they did it, providing lessons for anyone in any career. The subjects include author Anne Rice, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings, music producer Quincy Jones, and Olympic athlete Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Check out ExtraordinaryPeopleBook.com for a sample chapter and to order. That's ExtraordinaryPeopleBook.com. Welcome back, and I am pleased to announce that we have an extraordinary author with us today, Scott uh, Smith, and he wrote Extraordinary People. And we're going to talk about Chapter 1, and it's uh, Martha Matilda Harper and the American Dream. Would you, uh, how did you choose her? Well, you know, it's a funny thing because just today, Investors Business Daily, which had rejected her as an idea for a column, uh, my editor decided to assign it. So it's serendipity here. Um, uh-huh. And she, nobody's basically ever heard of her, but I'm always looking for these little-known, underappreciated, mm-hmm. great people. And I ran across a little biography about her, and it said she invented franchising. And I thought, how could that be? <laughs> Wouldn't we know who invented franchising? You know, Well, yeah. it's, it's a – so that was a, kind of just looking around for interesting business uh, biographies. And incidentally, um, the easiest way for people to find my book is ExtraordinaryPeopleBook.com because there are on Amazon several other books with Extraordinary mm-hmm. People in the title. So if mm-hmm. people are interested in this concept, they can go there. They just can click the, uh, the Amazon uh, order button, and um, I have a sample chapter there. Now, mm-hmm. the thing about Martha Harper that is really, really unusual is that her business success story starts way back because she was born in 1857, mm-hmm. one of ten children wow. in Canada. And her father was kind of a scam artist, real estate, get rich kind of guy. And he had to pay some gambling debts or something. So he put her in indentured servitude, which is like being a slave. Wow. Seven. And <laughs> yeah, so not the greatest upbringing, you would think, for being a successful person. But yeah. she, um, she managed it. And then it, I think when she was about um, 12, she, she was um, put into a household with a doctor, and mm-hmm. he saw that she really was ambitious, and so he showed her his formula for making a great lustrous hair, and she okay. started to kind of use that, and so that's how kind of her story uh, started out, and mm-hmm. it's a pretty amazing one. Yeah. So this, uh, he shared with her a secret formula to promote the growth of healthy hair. And um, at that time, most uh, beauty projects, uh, beauty aids were pretty dangerous, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really, we think we have problems with our food and beauty products today. Well, back yeah. then, they were literally <laughs> poisonous in a, in a lot of cases, and uh, and they weren't effective, you know, there were lots of scams and everything like that, so she started using it on the people that she lived with, and she her own hair, which became kind of legendary, and then at 25, she 
I think she sneaked over the border and she settled mm-hmm. in Rochester, New York, which, of course, was a budding feminist uh, center yeah. with uh, Susan B. Anthony and uh-huh. Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And um, <clears throat> that would prove important later because uh, she started working in a household and started doing the hair of her mistress and those friends, started saving up her pennies. And after a while, she said, hey, why don't I go out on my own and, like, do this full-time like a beauty salon, right? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody, believe it or not, guys could go to barbers, but back then, like uh-huh. in the 1880s, nobody, no women went in public to a beauty parlor. You uh, you had the person come into your home if you were wealthy oh. or you did your own okay. hair. So isn't that amazing? So the first uh-huh. problem she had is nobody would rent her a place to open up a beauty salon. So uh-huh. she ended up having to sue a landlord. She opened up. Business was slow. And then people like Susan B. Anthony came in, and, and oh. women who were coming to the conferences said, hey, why don't you go try this? And then they loved it, and they said, how about if we set up one of our own hair salons with your products in our own city? Because they came from all over the place, and so it occurred to Martha Harper, Mm -hmm. she didn't call it a franchise, but she said, huh, I could do this chain where I really regulate, you know, the products they use, how they're trained, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could nationally advertise this, and people would know that no matter what city you were in, you would have the same kind of, like it's going like to a McDonald's or something, if you know what it's going to be like, and she ended up, amazingly enough, Opening 500 of these Harper <gasps> Method salons, and oh my God. they became well, yeah, they became. This was like in the in like the early 20th century. Now she ended up living till 1965. Uh, she had retired long ago from it, but her husband was kind of running the thing, and um, mm-hmm. that became known in retrospect as the way you would do a franchise. And then, amazingly enough, what she achieved was forgotten about. And later on, you know, people kind of came up with the concept by their own. But she was really the very first person to use the franchise concept. So she it was an innovator and mm-hmm. embedded in her story. There's lots of other lessons about being successful. But that's kind of, those well, are kind of the highlights of her bio. Well, you know what's fascinating is that she designed the first reclining shampoo chair. And, you know, that, I mean, how could we go to the beauty parlor without that? Also, she connected, she had, she did not have much of an education, but she connected with really quality people like Calvin Coolidge and his wife Grace and uh, President Woodrow Wilson. So, and the other thing I liked about her franchising um, pro- program was that she sent out a monthly company newsletter. Now, isn't that innovative in that era? Yeah, yeah isn't that funny? Because, <laughs> you know, and one of the things, she, as you said, she didn't really have any education, uh, but, you know, the University of Rochester was operating or its equivalent at the time, and they did not allow women to actually get a degrees, but you could mm-hmm. go in and monitor a class and, you know, mm-hmm. learn from it. So one of the things she realized is, that if she was going to deal with 
upscale clientele and, you know, write these newsletters and everything. She needed some education. So, you know, for every successful person you read about uh, is always a big reader and has a thirst for learning, you know, multiple interests. And um, she is an, a, kind of an unusual example because she was she became more self-educated and uh-huh. and uh, was able to have conversations with the presidents and their wives and things like that, you know. And so yeah. you have to kind of look at yourself and say, hey, where are my weak points? You know, what can I do to kind of fill in those gaps so that I can connect with people? And of course, being in the beauty business, you really have to be able to chit chat about almost anything. And that's one of the things that she learned before she actually opened her parlor was to kind of be a therapist, a good listener. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what manicurists and uh, anyone in the beauty business, they are truly and truly therapists once you think about what they're doing. And you know, the amazing thing, Scott, was during this era, she couldn't go to college. She had to audit classes and uh, actually women at that time could not even own property without their husband's support. And you say that 17% of the paid workers were female in 1890. Now now things have changed so amazing. She was quite uh, an innovative, uh, she should be in all the history books, don't you agree? She is, um, I think, an example of a person who transcended her time. Uh, Mm -hmm. How many women entrepreneurs were there then, let alone innovators in several different ways? And she eventually, incidentally, traveled the whole world opening up these salons. She went to Germany and Japan and, you know, all kinds of places that, you know, nobody had been to uh, even Mm -hmm. in the early 20th century. So, yeah, it just goes to show we set too modest goals. You look back on somebody like that, and it's just it's staggering what they managed to accomplish. And, and the other thing that I think is fascinating, that she had collapsed from exhaustion. No wonder. It sounded like she worked day and night. Mm-hmm. And she made friends with a practitioner from the Christian science faith. And that pretty much uh, got her introduced to all the uh, suffrage women, and uh, it really got her into the inner circle, didn't it? Yeah, I think that one of the things that often gets overlooked in kind of mundane, worldly business success is that if you do not have a spiritual philosophy or an overarching philosophy of life that gives meaning, it's very As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Easy to get discouraged in the short term and say, you know, nobody cares, I'm a failure, and kind of self-talk your way into that becoming a, a, a self-fulfilling reality. So when you get into any kind of the mind sciences, the spiritual philosophies, whatever you want to call them, this gives you a framework for daily life that can keep you going. It really makes a difference. And I've found virtually all the great leaders in the world in every field have some kind of uh, philosophy about life and the meaning of life that keeps them going. Oh, that is so true. We've enjoyed sharing this. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, I would like to talk about another fabulous woman who is in the book. It's someone that we probably haven't heard about, and her name is Indra. And how do you pronounce her last name, Scott? Uh, Nuyi. She's from Nuyi. Okay. We're going to talk about her with Scott Smith when we come back. Where does all the money go? Surely you should have more to show for all the work you do. And what about the future? Heck, what about next week? Chris Miles to the rescue. Chris is a cash flow expert and the financial advocate for the entrepreneur with a reputation of getting his clients fast, life-altering results right now, not 25 to 40 years from now. Let Chris Miles show you how to quickly free up and create more cash flow with results you can enjoy today, not tomorrow. Visit MoneyRipples.com. That's MoneyRipples.com. Visit today, not tomorrow. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes? People who have priceless personalities. In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two-for-one, paperback and Kindle editions. And I'm pleased to announce that my book is now available at audible.com. We're back with Scott uh, Smith, and we're talking about this wonderful book, Extraordinary People, Real Life Lessons on What It Takes to Achieve Success. And we're going to talk about uh, a woman named Indra Nuyi and Reinventing Pepsi for a Healthy Future. The company operates in an ecosystem, and you cannot ignore any part, employees, customers, suppliers, non-governmental organizations, multilateral organizations, governments, and shareholders. That's a very powerful statement, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, she's definitely one of these great leaders who has the big picture. You know, too many 
people in the investment world that I came from, you know, they, they think it's just the bottom line and all this social responsibility stuff is nonsense. And uh, that's really a very, very short-sighted viewpoint. Uh, an enlightened leader, you know, is concerned about every part of what you might call the supply to value chain ecosystem, the customer's mm-hmm. customer and your vendor's vendor, it's all linked together. And mm-hmm. anybody who thinks otherwise just really is short-sighted. Yeah, well, now share a little bit about her background. And uh, she was born in 1955 and in southern India. Tell us how she was raised <laughs> and how she got to the States. Well, it, it's kind of a funny story because... She grew up in a middle-class but traditional Indian uh, family, and Mm -hmm. she she was a a guitarist in an all-female rock band and a big cricket player, so not exactly Mm -hmm. your corporate CEO (laughs) material from an American standpoint. But Mm -hmm. she was a whiz kid, and she got very high, like she got straight A's uh, in physics, chemistry, and math, uh, mm-hmm. And she earned a degree at just 18 from a Christian college in India. And uh-huh. then her parents assumed that she was going to follow the traditional passive, uh, path of getting married. Uh-huh. And she <laughs> said, hey, I want to be a business executive. And they said, that's going to ruin your marriage prospects. <laughs> and nevertheless, she defied them. And in 1976, she went to a, a business management college in Calcutta. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. she graduated from there, but she always wanted to live in the U.S. She saw an ad for Yale University and getting like a business degree, and she uh-huh. decided to give it a shot. She got a scholarship in 1978, and she was so dirt poor that she only had like one sari to wear to job interviews and stuff while she was mm-hmm. a student, and she had to work as a dorm receptionist for 50 cents an hour to make ends meet. So, you know, it was like not an easy climb for somebody who was about to become one of the world's yeah. great CEOs. And then she started becoming a consultant before she got recruited by Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the early part of her life. Oh, my gosh. And then four years later, she received two impressive offers. Now, this is unbelievable. One came from General Electric, very prestigious company, and the other came from Pepsi. And the CEO then, Wayne Calloway, convinced her that she would make a bigger difference there at Pepsi, and he would create a position for her chief strategist. Now, how old was she when she went to Pepsi? Well, let's see here. This would have been um, about 96. So Mm -hmm. um, let's see, uh, 55, 65, 75, 85. Yeah, she'd be about 40 by that time, Uh thereabouts. And uh, a long way from the CEO office, but how do you turn down a job at a Fortune 100 company where they're going to create a job for you? And it doesn't get bigger than chief strategist, you know. So, oh yeah, (laughs) you know she didn't really have like the chops to be CEO at that time, but boy, she was rising very rapidly. Uh huh. And so she came in uh, with a shocking recommendation uh, to take the company to the next level, and I think this is fascinating because she went into a profitable fast food restaurant division. (laughs) Share what companies did she go in to buy? Yeah, well, 
what she did was completely counterintuitive. She said, listen, our most profitable division, which consists mm-hmm. of Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC, <laughs> let's yeah. sell it. And they said, what are you talking about? That's making the money. And they said, yes, but the future is going to be getting out of fast food, so let's sell it. So they, she, she talked them into it. In 1997, they got $35 billion oh, for wow. selling them. And then uh-huh. she second part of her strategy was let's start buying up companies that have healthier food. We're going to kind of gradually shift away from junk food okay. and they bought Tropicana, they bought Quaker Oats, Naked Juice. Uh-huh. So they've been kind of using that giant fund to go out and change the mix. Now, she wasn't a radical. She didn't try to do this overnight. That would have been mm-hmm. suicidal. But she could see the iceberg ahead as mm-hmm. parents became more concerned about their sure. kids getting fat and junk food and mm-hmm. all the schools starting to try to improve the menus. And she wanted to get ahead of the curve. And that was very, very farsighted. Well, it's interesting because uh, she was a lifelong vegetarian, and she uh, needed. Uh, she aligned her performance with purpose, and instead of fun for you, traditional refreshments, Coke and chips, she eased them in better for you. Um, diet beverages, baked chips, reduced fat, sodium, sugar, and calories. I mean, she knew the way the winds were blowing, didn't she? Yeah. I call that the Trojan horse method because, you know, if you tell people really up front anything too radical, that creates a backlash. So this was her transition. She wasn't going to phase out the regular cola and the potato chips. You know, the fun Uh part, that was part of it. That was the moneymaker. Better for you was targeting an emerging market of parents Mm -hmm. worried about you know, uh, fat and sugar and everything. And then she began to introduce the new category, which was good for you. And uh-huh. as of, uh, let's see, 2013, I know it was 20% of their net revenue. And that's where they had the yogurts, the juices, the high-fiber cereal snacks, uh, fresh dips like hummus and some other things. So this is like the good food. And that's the growing part of it. And see, this is the smart thing is quite often when you do the right thing, it's so far ahead of the curve that you start (laughs) benefiting from it because the other kind of stodgy companies say, oh, no, we're not going to experiment with something crazy, you know. Now, needless to say, this has caused some flack with some of the short-sighted shareholders, and she has stuck to Uh her guns, and she's kind of steering the ship away from the iceberg, and that takes a lot of courage, and she changed... Uh The culture of Pepsi, I mean, she has been a very, very forceful CEO. And fortunately, it's paid off in that the stock has risen, I think, Mm -hmm. about, oh, maybe 20 points or something in the last year. So fortunately, the shareholders in general can see the wisdom of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with uh, Scott, we're going to talk a little bit more about the greening of Pepsi-Cola, how she brought this about, and also some of the real-life lessons we can take from this fabulous chapter in his book, Extraordinary People. We'll be right back with Scott Smith. Are you a fitness professional, a trainer, or a coach? Would you like consistent and timely updates on your team's performance? We have a completely customizable app that can give you real-time information via the internet or your handheld phone. Track the performance of your client's progress with their physical fitness regimen. Track team members' performance or schedule a workout session. 
meet up at the gym, on the bike trail, or wherever your physical activities take you. The app is called Socially Fit, or SoFit, and can be found on the iTunes Store. Look for the blue Socially Fit icon. When combined with data analysis capabilities, you not only feel the effects of your fitness routine, you also see the graphical progress of your results. The app makes the complex simple, so that more of your time is spent sculpting your physique with less time tracking your results with old-fashioned pen and paper. Download it today to begin a new year with data to show your progress in meeting your goals. Are you socially fit? What is AATH? The Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor is a nonprofit, member-driven, international community of humor and laughter professionals and enthusiasts. AATH provides its members the education, cutting-edge resources, and supportive community they need to excel in the practice and promotion of healthy humor. AATH welcomes anyone who is interested in learning more about the application and benefits of therapeutic humor. Members include scholars, psychologists, counselors, nurses, social workers, physicians, educators, clergy, hospital clowns, and many others who incorporate humor in their life and work. AATH was created to disseminate information about humor and laughter, laughter play in well-being, provide a caring, supportive community of humor professionals and enthusiasts. Check out our AATH at www.aath.org today. Welcome back for this fascinating interview with my guest, Scott Smith. We're talking about the greening of Pepsi-Cola by a CEO who was a woman who was amazingly innovative. Share with us some of the things that she uh, approached and attacked, such as the amount of clean water that communities have. Yeah, um, you know, big companies uh, often have a fair amount of trouble kind of adapting to radically different markets, and we take our clean water for granted, but Mm -hmm. since she grew up in India, she had a more real-world understanding that trying to, you know, get clean water is a real problem. So the Pepsi, under her direction, has made um, some major changes in the way they go about uh, using water to be uh-huh. more effective and productive and making sure that, you know, the, the local bottlers are using clean water and stuff and in the production of mm-hmm. their materials like bottles, uh, instead of wasting water cleaning them, they now use some other methods where they capture mm-hmm. water that's naturally contained in potatoes before they turn them into chips for the Uh Pepsi snack. And so they've been able to dramatically conserve uh, the materials they use, the water they use. And again, this is not normally the sort of thing that people only interested in uh, big return on uh, from their investment really uh, focus on. And I know my editors always think it's nonsense when I write something about this, but you know, there's a there's a reason that the hard-headed business titans in the Fortune 500 have taken the greening initiative seriously. It's not simply to mollify activist shareholders. It's taking the bigger picture of how they can save money 
by being more effective users of their resources and Mm -hmm. how they can kind of take the long view of what resources are going to be available because as pure water and other materials become scarcer, they become uh, more uh, uh, difficult to buy and more expensive. And the bottom line is this kind of goes back to the bigger question about adversity, which is if you think about it ahead of time and you game out scenarios and you get ahead of trends in the curve rather than poo-pooing things, then you can come up with creative alternatives. And what you learn is there's really nothing that will stop you from succeeding. You just have to brainstorm uh, alternatives to the way you're doing things right now. And everybody who does brainstorming knows that especially if you do it with other people, you know, I think it was Brian mm-hmm. Tracy said, you know, the first, let's say, 10 minutes you do brainstorming, you come up with a couple of things. <laughs> but it's it's only like when you get to the half hour point that your subconscious goes into overdrive and you come up with your best ideas when you think you're completely out of gas, you know. Uh, well, uh, Indra Nuki, she not only... Uh, crashed through the glass ceiling to become so successful. She did get married, and she has two daughters, one of whom is attending the Yale School of Management. So this is a woman who pretty much uh, worked very hard and uh, pretty much has it all. And one of the keys, let's talk about these real-life lessons uh, briefly. Good nutrition is the secret key to having energy to do great things. Isn't that a wonderful real lesson for people. Well, you know, I uh, I kind of learned this, as I mentioned, I started working in a natural food store when I was sure. uh, 23, <laughs> yeah. and back then it was very unusual, and uh, we called them health food stores back then. And yeah. what I what I tell people in the business world, I, I mean, I, Tony Robbins, I, I took his firewalk uh, back around oh. 1978 or something like that, and I interviewed him recently, uh-huh. and we talked about this, and and he's changed his diet ideas since those days. But the, um, the important thing for people to know is that whatever diet you decide works for you, it uh-huh. needs to include lots of clean water, uh, whole grains, not white rice and white mm-hmm. bread and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, uh, whole mm-hmm. grains of whatever type, um, lots of vegetables. And Mm -hmm. if you kind of do those things and you get some salads and fiber into your diet and you drink some water and so forth, the other details about what you want your diet to be, you know, low fat or or high protein or, you know, whatever, those are really around the edges. And and Mm -hmm, if you, mm -hmm. if most successful CEOs have learned that if you do not pay attention to your health in terms of diet and exercise, uh, mm-hmm. You cannot have the energy that a very, very demanding job or being an entrepreneur requires. And it seems obvious, but it's amazing how many people grow up not recognizing that. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, fascinating to hear you share that you walked the fire walk. Uh, my, one of my very, very dear friends uh, had terminal cancer, and before she died, she also went to one of Tony's uh, fire walks, and she did it. And I've never seen anyone more excited about life after that experience. It's quite a, a interesting thing to do, isn't it? 
I have a funny story about that because I was reviewing it at the time for Vegetarian Times uh, when uh-huh. I was an <laughs> editor. And so I went there and I was psyched into it. You know, it lasts like three yeah. days and he spends like three days building you up to it so you get into yeah. that zone where you can do anything. <laughs> and the whole idea of the firewalk is to show you that you can do things you don't think you can do. Now, mm-hmm. the funny thing is, at the time, a bunch of critics said, oh, it's really a fraud because actually the coals yeah aren't that hot, and when you walk over them, you sweat on the bottom of your foot, and it provides a barrier, blah, 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 blah. So I get up to the start line. I'm psyched (laughs) up, I think, and I walk across, and I get second-degree burns. (gasps) Well, you know, that actually was a lesson from the universe because I got to write an article about how it's not a fraud. I can prove it. I got (laughs) really burned, and 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 the punchline to the whole thing, is that my my wife uh, walked across, and she's a hypnotherapist by profession, and she had uh-huh. no problem whatsoever. She just <laughs> waltzed across there, didn't get a single first-degree burn, and here I am, you know, in misery because yeah. it didn't work for me. And it just goes to show you the state of the mind has a lot yeah. to do with the body. You know, if you let yourself get mm-hmm. stressed, if you get certain ideas about your reality yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, Tony taught me well, a great lesson. I laughed with him about that. I said, hey, I proved you yeah. were the real thing. Right <laughs> <then."> so, <laughs> well, my friend made it across, too, and it was one of the most exciting things she did in her life before she passed. Um, I have to close our interview, and this has been fabulous. And when you come back next month, we're going to talk about two more fabulous, fascinating women, uh, sometimes women you haven't really heard about or, or thought about. Thank you, Scott, and uh, looking forward to next month with you. <laughs> I really enjoyed our time together. Yes. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it unless you're Scott walking across fire. (laughs) So for dear friends, stop with the whining and then start smiling and start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then have some wine, cheese, crackers, and start eating chocolate, lots and lots of dark chocolate so you'll stay healthy. Thank you to Scott Smith. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe as we close with music by Sorantos. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.